It was more so that just as I was reading the Bible and as I was seeing the way that women were being treated and it didn't align with my values. And there were these passages speaking of women being subservient. And I just thought, well, this doesn't make sense to me. And so I kind of had to grapple with reading different passages that I feel like shape how I viewed menstruation, my body, my worth as a woman, all of these things. And I felt like so much of that was shaped by the views coming from the Bible as taught through the Catholic church. And that was teaching me a lot about how I felt worthy in my own skin, in my own body, in my own work. And so I had to do a lot of healing and I had to tease apart so much of what it means to be devoted to something and that being connected to church. Hello, this is Pam December, and this is the Mad for Purple podcast, your place for all things spirituality, self-actualization, healing, and human design. Keep listening to receive wisdom, tips, and tools as we journey into higher consciousness together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode from Mad for Purple. Today, I'll be talking with Megan Lockhart. Megan is a 5-1 ego manifester with a left angle cross of demands one and only three defined centers thanks to the channels of awakening, inspiration, and the money line. Megan supports priestesses to make profit and birth their temples through goddess embodiment, womb awakening, and cyclical living. Megan is the founder of Wild Moon Temple, a platform dedicated to priestessing planetary change. She has been initiating in the 13 Moon Mystery School through Priestess Presence, has trained with the Biomystical Womb Apprenticeship, and been studying, practicing, and guiding yoga for decades. Her background is in international studies, creative writing, and cultural anthropology. She infuses this global view from her university studies with embodied action as the most profound way to create true and lasting change, both for the collective and the individual. Hi, and welcome, Megan, to the show. So happy to see you. So we've known each other for a couple of years now, and I don't think I've ever heard your story on how you actually got to where you are now with priestessing. So would you like to share with our listeners how your journey started? Yes, absolutely. First, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and to connect with your audience as well. Yeah. So how did I get into priestessing? That's, that's an interesting question. I have always been really attracted to the magical to the mystical, to the mythical my whole life. And I started becoming aware of goddess maybe when I started on the yoga path when I was maybe 18, 19 is when I started that. And I took a yoga teacher training when I was 21, like my very first teacher training. And I was introduced to Kali and she scared the shit out of me. You know, I was being introduced because this style of yoga that I was practicing, it was all about embodiment and body flow. And it had a lot of goddess influence because it was connected in with Shiva Ray. She's a really big yoga teacher in the world who, you know, primarily teaches pranic vinyasa flow. And so there was already kind of that like goddess element in how the teachers that I was studying from taught. And so I was already kind of into that embodiment piece. And then I started learning about goddesses and my 
my curiosity peaked, but at the same time, I was a little bit scared because I had come from uh, a Catholic background and I had come from this place of really rejecting religion and any type of formalized spirituality. And so I was really apprehensive with the idea of goddess in general. And so I started learning about all of these different goddesses and especially within Tantra and Tantric yoga, because the deities are so big in those lineages of yoga. And I just kept thinking like, what the hell are these people talking about? And I went to this experience where I was actually at this, I don't even know what it was. It was some type of Kali coven tantric yoga lineage thing where they were devoted to Kali and there were supposed to be a specific number of women. And my friend was one of these women and she invited me to come. And it was this very ritualized thing. At the time I was like, whoa, this is so cool. But this is also so weird. What is going on? Oftentimes when you go into those ritualized spaces, they don't necessarily know what you don't know and they don't really explain a whole lot of things. So it's just kind of like you're this newbie in this new world. And that's kind of where I was. And then I kept moving on with my yoga path and I wasn't really connecting with goddesses anymore. I was kind of opened the door when I was younger, but then I didn't really step through it. And then I started hearing about the priestess path. And when I first heard about the priestess path, I was originally really drawn because I heard heard about a mystery school and I didn't grow up knowing what a mystery school was. And I had always been really attracted to magic and ritual and all of these things. So I looked into it and thought, wow, this is really cool. 13 mystery school. What? This is so mystical and wild. Is this even real? And there was just a sense of wonder. And then as I explored, so this would have been with Priestess Presence with Elaine Cleary Dowdy. And as I was watching her introductory series, What is the Modern Day Priestess? There was like so much opening and remembrance and activation and excitement and simultaneously so much repulsion and fear of, oh my God, I don't like the word priestess. I don't like that it has the word priest in it, you know, like coming from that Catholic background. So yeah, that was kind of where I began. That was kind of how it started unfolding. But really, as I reflect on my life, I feel like the rose, because I'm very connected to the rose aspect of the priestess path. And the rose has just been with me since I was a baby. And so it's one of those things where maybe I started becoming more conscious about the priestess path when I was in my mid 20s. But really, it's been there since birth. And it's so fun being able to connect all of the dots. And I like to call it the rose petal trail as you look back and think, wow, that activated me and opened me up to this. And then this led me to this and this led me to this. And yeah, so here I am. I just kind of fell right in love with the priestess path as I started initiating and just naturally bringing it into the work that I offer in the world. Oh, I love that so much. And what an initiation to be like with Kali Ma right off the hop, right? And then with the rose. So does that also relate to your work with Mary Magdalene? Yeah, you know, I feel like Mother Mary must have been my first goddess that I connected with, but not knowing it, you know, even before Kali, I think Kali was the first goddess that I really consciously worked with, as with Green Tara, because I I think before that yoga teacher training, I had actually started doing a mantra practice devoted to Green Tara, which I forgot about. But even before that, Mother Mary would have definitely been a way in, a door in to that connecting to the Magdalene lineage. 
and Magdalene, I don't know, she just kind of came forward. I actually have always loved Jesus, like Yeshua. I even have Yeshua tattooed on my ankle. And so I didn't really know anything about her, except for when I was in Catholic school, she was the prostitute whose sins were redeemed by Jesus. You know, that was all I knew about her. And then something just happened. I was at this summer solstice gathering and my yoga nidra teacher, somebody that she was connected with, who was a really powerful man, like a really powerful presence. And he was talking about the Magdalene manuscript. And I said, whoa, what is the Magdalene manuscript? Like what? And something just really opened within me. And so that kind of led its own rabbit hole with the Magdalene. And then I realized that she's been with me all along and really Yeshua and Mother Mary through Catholicism would have really led me to connecting with her, which I know is common for so many of us who connect with the Magdalene. I know that so many people find their way to her through Yeshua and Mother Mary. That is so cool. I haven't heard that yet. But then myself, growing up in a Protestant background where Mother Mary and Magdalene, they're not really part of Protestant traditions as they are with Catholicism. Coming back to coming from a religious background and the church wound, that's something that I'm becoming more familiar with as just the power of words. Like I had a hard time coming to terms with the word faith. Last year, my word for the year was devotion and trying to separate devotion from the church has been interesting, but very healing at the same time, because it doesn't have to be one or the other. Have you come across anything like that in your work? Yeah, yes, both personally and definitely with the women that I support. The church wound, I always call it the church father wound, but it could be the church wound too, has been my own journey of healing. And I mean, even in a little bit of what I shared, you could already see some of that church wound coming up with me not wanting to connect with goddess because of coming from a Catholic background. And it's not that I had any terrible experience or nothing traumatic happened to me. It was more so that just as I was reading the Bible and as I was seeing the way that women were being treated and it didn't align with my values. And I didn't view myself as being subservient to men, yet there were these passages speaking of women being subservient. And I just thought, well, this doesn't make sense to me. And so I kind of had to grapple with reading different passages that I feel like shape how I viewed menstruation, my body, my worth as a woman, all of these things. And I felt like so much of that was shaped by the views coming from the Bible as taught through the Catholic Catholic Church. And that was teaching me a lot about how I felt worthy in my own skin, in my own body, in my own work. And so I had to do a lot of healing. And like you were saying, like I had to tease apart so much of what it means to be devoted to something and that being connected to church, because it was the same thing. I was so afraid of being part of anything formalized or ritualized. And so when I first stepped into my first year long priestess initiation into the mystery, I remember you know, before stepping into that, there was a part of me that was really fearful of being part of a collective where we were there devoting to goddess and we were learning these things. But as I did it and the architecture of the way that priestesses hold space and hold devotional space is just so different to the way that space was being held in the church that when my body was able to tangibly feel that difference and I was able to 
feel the integrity and the intention and the heart. And it started to help me to tease apart the things where devotion and faith and trust, because faith was a word that for so long, I wouldn't even say, I couldn't even say the word faith. I sometimes can't even, you know, it took me so long to even feel comfortable saying the word God. I still kind of feel uncomfortable saying the word God. Like I have this angel deck and I was doing a reading for my husband the other day and it kept saying God in there, but I kept not saying God and just saying angels. <laughs> it's like, it would be like, God will do this for you. And I was like, angels will do this for you <laughs> because I still have discomfort with it. And so, yes, for sure. And it's been interesting because I think I hold that Magdalene frequency within myself, but a lot of women who have come to me also are, a lot of women have said the same thing. They're like, gosh, I want to connect with Magdalene. I want to connect with goddess, but I feel like there are just these things that feel so wrong and I feel ashamed, like I'm afraid and all of these things. And so that has been a common thing that I have heard with, especially I've noticed it. And it's probably because I'm a Catholic background that a a lot of Catholic background women find their way to me. And it's very interesting how, you know, like calls to like, so... I can relate to that so much because I do the same thing with God. I interchange it with spirit, with the universe, with source. I'm fine with other people using God, but for myself, it's like, I'll just switch it. And then I just recently learned I'm studying rave cosmology and in it, it goes into angels and demons and ghosts and gods and aliens and entities. And my guides are supposed to be angels. And it's like, there's archangels. I still have archangels angels tied to the church. So I'm going to be teasing that apart as I go along my journey here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's so many things that are part of the church that it, it's interesting when you're trying to, I don't know, maybe the word is reclaim, reclaim your own spirituality and your own connection to divine, all of the pieces that need to be untangled and let go of. It's so interesting. Yeah, I love that reclaim because that's the thing with organized religion, like through the thousands of years that it's existed, it really has taken the power away from the people, but women in particular. Yeah, there's been just so much, oh my gosh, so much grief and rage that I have gone through with the remembered history, or I should say her story that has been erased from history. <laughs> or, you know, tried to be taken out of history. But the more that I've read, and the more that I've done remembrance, it's just like, first, it was just such anger and rage. You know, growing up a woman, I knew that women were not equal to men. But sometimes it takes seeing the statistics to really see. And, you know, because I was like, I know that there are countries in the world where women really are treated very poorly. Where I live, it's more of like discrimination or we're Words, hostile words, or it's more of like hurt through words and some inequality or just not being taken seriously or respected the same way. And that, that's been a huge way I've experienced it. But, you know, growing up, it was hard to really think of it being as severe as it is until you really start to look at the statistics. And I'm like, the statistics in the United States too, in, you know, countries where these laws of not being able to stone women to death anymore, which is happening in parts of the world that that doesn't exist. And still the rates of violence violence and murder of women. It's like when I started looking at those statistics now that are still happening, I just couldn't believe how painful it was to realize how mistreated women still are. And it's one of those things where it's like, because you've just been living with it your whole life.
life, it's pretty easy to not be awake to it. And then so when I started looking at the history of what happened to the goddess temples, the priestesses, the healers, the midwives, the all of those things and, and mystery schools, and, you know, for the last thousands of years, and the way that they were literally destroyed, and the women were literally stripped from their power, and they were no longer allowed to be spiritual leaders and feeling that pain. It was quite the process of remembrance. Like it went from just absolute anger and rage of how could this be? Why? And then just like absolute grief and heartache and longing of remembering past lives where I had been in a priestess in temples and that grief and that heartache of, wow, where are the temples? (laughs) There are churches everywhere. Where are the temples? I want more divine feminine leaders. I want more spiritual leaders who are women. I want more opportunities to be able to feel connected in this way in my own community. Like I want to be able to go to a place and devote and to be in a sacred temple space. And, you know, my heart just longs for that. And, you know, you can see the ruins of these temple spaces, but there's not really a whole lot that are still intact. And so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like we, here in Canada, in North America, we are in a privileged position compared to a lot of places around the world, right? But if we're able to heal here and radiate that out, my hope is that that helps raise women in other parts of the world. So with healing, I know you work a lot with womb healing. So how does that tie in? Yeah. The way that I view womb is womb is like everything, right? Like I view womb as the holder of the universe as every single little individual cell in every single person's body, you know? So I feel like uh, womb consciousness is really anyone can access womb consciousness. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter if you have a physical womb. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions. And I think the things that keeps people away from it the most is thinking, that it's a gendered thing. But so the reason why I think womb is so important is because womb connects us to the origin of everything is that womb healing not only connects you to your bloodlines and your blood lineage, and because literally all of us have been in our grandmother's womb, and then she was in her grandmother's womb. And so it connects us to our bloodlines in a really potent, visceral, tangible way. But it's also a really profound anchor into earth and into cosmic consciousness. And so one of the reasons why I like to focus on womb healing so much is because it really helps to hold and to heal some of those primal wounds that so many people have, especially when it comes to being disconnected from source or disconnected from self or disconnected from sovereignty. And so I feel like the womb space is just such a powerful way to reclaim being in the body and to reclaim taking up yourself sovereignty. And because the womb space, the consciousness of the womb is connected to everything, it becomes a really powerful oracle. It becomes a really tangible, visceral wellspring of information to call upon to receive grounded guidance. And not just like guidance that can guide you forward, but guidance that's really rooted in the here and now, and especially in the earthly realms of like, okay, what do I do with this spiritual guidance? 
guidance. You know, how does that actually impact me on earth in this third dimension in my life? I feel like because the womb is so connected to our needs and being nourished in our energy and our emotions and replenishment that when guidance is coming from that womb space, it's often coming from a place of caretaking and a place of being replenished so that the guidance becomes a really tangible way to take sustaining action forward. I love that expanded view of the womb, of it being non-gendered, all of us having connection, because as humans, that's where we're born from. Every single one of us are born from a womb. That's really amazing to think that that's how we're all connected. Like, it's so simple. It is. Yeah, it's like from womb to tomb, we are all connected to the womb. And then I think of the earth as a womb and the cosmos as a womb. So it's like your soul's going back into the womb and then you're coming through a physical womb and then you're going back into the earth womb and then your little cells in your body are holding you as a womb. And so, yeah, we're all so connected to it. Oh, I love that. That's just such a great analogy or just a visualization of womb to tomb and the cycle of life, right? Which the womb very much represents as well going through its monthly cycle. Yeah, it's really amazing. You know, the womb space, just meeting the womb space for the first time consciously and the depth, the amount of grounding that I started to experience in my life and then witnessing how deep the healing is. And as I started healing and as I support other women on the path of connecting with their wombs, and I say women because that's who I work with, but men also could do this healing or anywhere on the spectrum of what your gender is. I noticed that a lot of women are so resistant to womb healing. And it's one of those things where I think sometimes you can be most resistant to the medicine that you need the most. But I didn't realize because when I met my womb space, I was just like, bam, I'm in. I'm like a cancer sun, Scorpio rising, you know, that deep transformative space, but also being in, you know, the womb space. I have a lot of that, just, we could say that lunar energy in my chart. And so I just delved right in and I embraced it right away. So then as I was supporting other people in this process and I was witnessing the reversion, I was like, what's going on here? Why don't they want to go there? Why don't they want to see the root of their pain? Why don't they want to go all the way to the depths? Because that's my Scorpio, right? It's like, that's where I feel alive is when I get to get to the truth of things and I get to see the root of how everything's connected. And I feel like what womb healing really offers is it really helps you to get to the root of things. And so I started seeing that so many people, that's really hard to do. And not everybody is wired to want to do that type of healing. And then I started seeing how there are just so many, I could use the word barriers to accessing this type of healing. And some of the most common ones that I really witnessed are the body, just the aversion to being in the body for whatever the reason being, you know, everyone has their own relationship with their body and being connected to the womb is being connected to the body because the womb is the body. And so it's like being able to listen to the intuitive messages from the system, from a physical and chemical and physiological perspective, but then also from an intuitive and empathic perspective. And so I started seeing how one of the biggest barriers to people connecting to the womb space was the aversion and the pain to being in the body and especially the aversion to being in the lower chakras because I view the first three chakras as connected to the womb space. And those are the chakras that I think are
are hardest for most people to really receive the medicine from. I love that you tied the chakras because I was going to ask if you considered the sacral chakra as part of the womb space, because as a manifester, you're a non-sacral being. Now that you've said those three, you have an undefined root, undefined sacral center, and an undefined solar plexus and splenic center, which are those three lower chakras. I think that's one of the things that I love about being in your energy is like you are so grounded. And it's amazing when I look at your chart that you are in your body to that depth because you're right. So many people are disconnected. I know for myself, I have a small split between my throat and my identity center. So I'm either in my head or I'm in my body, unless I'm with somebody like yourself that bridges that. And I had a real aversion to being in my body for a long time, because that's where the trauma and whatnot is held, right? And all those emotions and things that are just stuffed down and not dealt with because you didn't have the tools at the time. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of other people have experienced as well. I think so too. Yeah, you're so right. The trauma gets held in the body. And as soon as you make that conscious choice to be in the body, those memories get activated. And that's so painful. And being able to be held in a space of being in that, you know, especially when you're doing it on your own, it can be really hard because it's like, oh my gosh, like so many people that are like, I don't even know why I don't want to be in my body, but I just literally don't. And even just getting through that, One of the things that you talk about with your work is bringing about planetary change. What changes would you like to see? Oh my gosh, so many, so many changes. You know, the first thing, I think because I'm so women empowerment focused and body focused and centered, like honestly, I think the biggest change that I want to see in the way that I really approach things, because I come from an international studies, kind of a global studies background where I used to see things from a very big perspective and I was studying world systems and things like that. And so I took this overarching perspective. And then when I found the path of yoga, I started coming back to the individual and where the individual can impact change. And I think it's so important to have both. But what I am most focused on is empowering people to embody the change internally, to access deeper inner peace internally, harmony internally, balance internally, because I feel like that's where huge ripples come from. So The change I would love to see is more people just literally finding more peace within, literally being able to embrace themselves, being able to accept themselves, love themselves, be kind to themselves, be in their body, inhabit their lives. That would be the biggest change I'd love to see because I feel like when people are genuinely happy and balanced and nourished, the amount of external conflict that you see, it just diminishes so much. Because if you're not experiencing war inside, then why would there be war outside? So for me, I always approach everything from within first, because I think it's so hard to impact systemic system, global change in that way. And I'm not saying I think policy change and all of those things are really important. But I think where I have felt so lit up in being part of planetary 
healing has been empowering individuals to access more peace and harmony in their own lives, because that then starts to ripple how they impact, relate to others that has ripples of how they relate to their businesses, their money, their resources. It impacts how they make decisions about everything. And every single decision we make impacts the whole world, whether we're aware of it or not. So I think that's why I really like to focus on empowering individuals first to be thinking as a global person, because then it's not about creating guilt and shame of, oh, you did this and that's creating harm. We're all creating harm all the time. Unfortunately, that's the reality, but it's more of how can I be more caring and how can I think about other people in the decisions that I make? So that's really what my work focuses on is empowering women in particular to find more peace as they connect with their bodies, because women, especially women have a really hard time accessing their body and accessing their power. And so I'm really inspired about supporting women to activate their power and reclaim their power and reclaim their bodies as their own and as a place that they can feel amazing in. And that's the thing with each of us doing our individual work and yeah, the ripples that that creates out into our communities, into our families, into space time. <laughs> you want to get into that, right? One of the things that we've talked a bit about on the show is how each individual healing, like how that impacts everything, because then you have less wounded people that are wounding people and the world that that will create for our children, our children's children, it compounds, right? And yeah, there's so much to be hopeful for, for the future and thankful for in the present. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, definitely. Less wounded people, wounding people and the ripples going forward. And then the ripples going back, you know, generationally, because technically time is an illusion, even though it looks so real, it's like as you heal and your ancestors heal, then it creates pockets of space for the future and for the present. And it's so cool. I just feel like inner healing is under It's easy to, because you don't necessarily see the impact in front of your face. You don't wake up and do your morning meditation and do some inner child healing and then see policy change happening for the world. You know, it's like, it's not these immediate impacts. So I feel like it can be easy to devalue it and underrate it, but really it's like the ripples. Even science shows us that we are all connected to the same consciousness that you can't make an action or think a thought or heal something without literally impacting the whole, which is so wild. It is so wild when you think about that. Yeah, the interconnectedness of everything, even though so much of it appears separate or feels separate. I was just saying, you don't always see the results of your labors, you know, like it's not always this direct connection the way like you might see in the physical world where it's like you would see lawmakers fighting to create policy change. You will see the result of their actions in the policy change. And it's very linear. Whereas with the internal healing, it doesn't work linear like that. So it is easy to think that it's not as valuable because you can't really see the direct correlation. And sometimes you can feel the change, but you can't always pinpoint it to it was like, oh, it was that one healing ceremony that changed my entire life, you know? Yes, some of us do have those experiences or whatnot, but it is, it's the combination of it all and over time. And yes, it can be uncomfortable and it can be messy, but it's so worth it in the grander scheme of things, right? Definitely. So is there anything that we haven't touched on that you're excited to be talking about right now? 
Yeah, I guess what wants to be shared is kind of continuing this theme is just how much every individual matters. And right now we're at this time in the world, we've kind of come through a couple of really hard years. I know a lot of people are having a hard time, whether it be financially or emotionally, just trying to access hope, just trying to access trust that the world is going to be okay. There's just so much going on. And I think the message that just wants to be shared is like, you know, there's a dissolution that's happening. There's like this collective hospicing that's happening of the world. And that time doesn't necessarily like rainbows and butterflies. It doesn't feel really good and fun and joyful all the time. It feels crumbling and dissolution and letting go can be really hard. And so I guess I just want to weave in that we're coming into a six year, a growing year, a love year of just holding that, those two things simultaneously of the dissolution, but also the creation and the love and the way forward and how each person life is so important and each person's action is so important in the dissolution and the recreation and the rebirth and so for some reason that message wanted to be woven into this I love that because empowering the individual right Mm -hmm. to take like say radical self-responsibility for their life their healing and knowing that that has an impact whether you see the physical manifestation of that or not in your outer reality Exactly. That was a great summary. If you had another like tidbit or something that you'd like to impart on our audience regarding their relationship to spirituality or priestessing, what would it be? The the word that comes to me is to step in. Even when there's fear, even when there's resistance, even when there's repulsion, But if there is that genuine pull, because oftentimes there's the resistance and the pull simultaneously, they don't often exist apart. They often exist together where there's the pull and the resistance, the push and the pull at the same time. So for people out there who are sincerely feeling that pull to spirituality, that pull to the priestess path, the pull to deeper connection with themselves and divinity and whatever unique path that looks like them. The message that wants to come through is to step in, in whatever way that looks like for you, but just to dare to have the courage and dare to be bold, to challenge past conceptions, to challenge preconceptions, and to really trust the pull and to trust that the magnetism of what your heart is guiding you to, that the resistance will naturally come into dissolution as you follow that guidance. Great message. Thank you. So if listeners would like to connect with you outside of this podcast, where can they find you? So many places. I have manifested myself everywhere. But yeah, so my website is wild-moon-temple.com. And my homepage is really nice because it kind of takes you through everything. Like it will connect you with every way that you can connect with the temple there. Every month I come out with archetypal energy forecasts and I basically work with the lunar cycle and I overlay that with one of the archetypes from the 13 Moon Mystery School. And then I look at the season and I look at some of the bigger astrology that's happening and I create a forecast of how the archetype can be an ally to support you in moving through your life and your work. And so that's something that I offer every month. And so that's 
something that you can get on the temple newsletter for if you want that. But I put it out through a blog entry and a podcast entry. But then I'm also on Instagram at wild.moon.sisters. I'm also on YouTube with my name, Megan Lockhart. I have Goddess Power podcast. So there's lots of ways to find me. I have lots of free gifts. I love gifting. I love offering things. So if you go to wild-moon-temple, there will even be a link that says gifts and you can just open that up. And I've offered so many gifts in the past that I then usually cycle those onto my YouTube page. So there will be more gifts on the YouTube page. There's tons of ceremonies, energy healing, wealth consciousness practices. There are just so many things that are offered online. So if you want to connect, there are very many opportunities. We'll be putting links in the show notes, of course. So love for you all to check that out and connect with Megan. Thank you so, so much for being here. This was an incredible conversation. I loved it so much. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I am very appreciative to you. And hopefully we can get you on Goddess Power sometime. (laughs) That would be fun. No, thank you for that invitation. Such a fabulous conversation. So fabulous, in fact, that I ended up having to cut this episode into two parts. So this will be part one. Part two will be linked in the show notes when it comes out. So some key takeaways from this discussion. Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene can be celebrated and revered outside of organized religion if one so chooses. The church wound or church father wounds are very real and impact many on their spiritual journey. We all have a connection to the womb regardless of our gender or menstruation status. Your body is full of wisdom and it's okay to not feel safe access that wisdom or being in the body. And lastly, healing is an ongoing forever process that creates changes that are very real, even if they seem intangible. I'd like to thank you all for listening to this week's show. If you'd like to connect with Megan, all of her information will be in the episode description, or you can head over to my website, madforpurple.com to access the show notes. If you haven't already, I'd like to invite you to grab the free meditation, congruency of self-guided meditation to either start or support you on your healing journey and that will be linked below as well don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button on your podcast listening app so that you don't miss an episode new episodes come out each thursday so be sure to tune in thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in the next episode